Hello, and welcome to Front Office Features. My name is Rob Crane, here, as always, with Chris Valente. Chris, hello. Hello, Rob. What's going on? Uh, recovering from my candy coma hangover. Am, uh, dad tax is heavy in the Crane household. Oh, really? What? What? Do tell. I just steal all the candy. <laughs> the, so it's a dad tax. I just take, I'm the dad, I tax, and I take whatever the hell I want. It was um it was they, the kids were cute this year. Like I Zach's obviously well, they dress know. Up as. So we were they wanted to go as bats, not Batman or Batgirl, bats Just like and then, bat like the animal? Yep. Or like yep. baseball bats. Nope. The animal bats. <laughs> and then had us we were Rachel and I were bat shirts on, but they were bats. It was easy. It was a simple costume, it was like a hoodie that had like wings underneath the sleeves that was yeah. with a little horns on top. So yeah. Bats. Um okay. <clears throat> but we had we had two Halloween parties with like kid Halloween parties, one in the morning and one in the afternoon, and then went trick or treating at night. So it was a long, long day. But uh, right. the kid, their kids were great. They had fun. I mean, they were they were totally into it. They had a lot of fun. And then Zach's at a good age, and Emma's at the good enough is a good age too now. So it was that was cute. Yeah, they uh, we had now that Maddie's in kindergarten. The kindergarten's down the school. We live in a little neighborhood, and there's a whole bunch of kids from her school. And it was like we traveled as like a pack, a pack like around yeah. the neighborhood and up and down. But I'll say this: get this shit. So, so when we go out, we go out trick or treating early because of the kids or whatever. And uh, so we're like the first ones out, right? And so while we're gone, Amy is spectacular at this. We set up a folding table at the end of the driveway, and Amy put together little like goodie bags of candy. Yep. Ones that was like no nuts, and ones that were you know uh, that didn't have you know that didn't have peanuts, and did ones that did. So I set up the folding table. Okay, this is like five o'clock. I am out on the back deck. I have a TV on the back deck, and I'm having a beer, and just kind of waiting for this shindig to start. And all of a sudden, you get a knock on the door. My neighbor, neighbor comes over, says, "Hey, some guy in a green truck just drove by." Put your table in the back of his truck and left. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> this just happened. He put the he took my folding table. I had to break it down. Put it in the back of his truck and left. I took off with my beer in hand down the street, looking for this guy in a green F one fifty. Every car that drove down the street, I thought I was going to tackle him because it was a. Uh, <laughs> you were going to tackle the car. You were going to tackle. I the was truck. just going to like. I, I don't know what the hell I was going to do, but the green F one fifty took my folding table. It was at the end of the driveway. It wasn't like trash day where you can like, you know, free for all picking stuff. No, this guy just took the table, put it in the back of his truck and left. Wait, the was the, can- the candy wasn't on it yet though? The candy wasn't on it yet. Okay. So it was like a blank table. It was like, what are you doing? What are you I, doing? I, I had one time I literally was mowing my lawn and I had my lawnmower on the front of my lawn and I had stopped and I was talking to my neighbor and a guy pulled over and he goes, Hey, is that is that for for take? I'm like, no, I'm fucking <laughs> my lawn. In the middle of all my lawn. What the hell are you talking about? <laughs> oh, yeah, go ahead, take it. Like, just take it. Rich be like, why didn't you finish cutting the grass? Oh, some guy stopped by and wanted to take your lawnmower, so I just gave it to him. I'm like, what? Yeah, so yeah. some guy uh, stole your table. Did you call the cops? Table. You should call the cops. You got hoodlums in your neighborhood. It's like, what is going on? Um, so yeah, what did you have to put the candy on? <laughs> What'd you put the candy on? Uh, we had a backup. We had a backup. We have two. We have two. Um, but after I, you know, um, so I took a couple of beers and put them in a travel mug. Yeah. And then did trick or treating that way. So I had a couple of beers and a travel mug, and then walked around the neighborhood. And that was. Uh, these absolutely. are things. These that's are things we definitely didn't know as kids that the adults definitely were walking has. around getting hammered. Yeah, I didn't get hammered. No, but there's I like have a few beers. I've talked to people who I don't even know. Like they do, sh- like they. There are traditions where every sh- the house they go to, they have to do a shot. Like, oh, yeah, it's just like neighborhoods just like good after it. But yeah, Rachel and I had red solo cups. We walked around with wine and we're drinking as the kids go trick or treating. Like, it's a way to do it. It's it's an it's an acceptable form of drinking in public, I guess, for one day a year <laughs> yeah, by the cops. Not in like Vegas, I guess. Like it's the one time you could walk around and just drink. But yeah, no, Halloween was good. Um, the day before, oh my god, the rain for the day before. Thank God it wasn't Halloween that day. Yeah. I don't know if you guys got it. Poor. Freaking ridiculous. So, so, yeah. Uh, anyway, um, a few things. 
Yes. Um, that have nothing related. You talked about the rain. Can I say something that blew my mind that I learned today? <laughs> it's about weather. What's that? Weathermen. They say 30%, 30% chance of rain. What do you think that means? It means there's a low probability that it rains. Right. But there's a 30% chance that it rains, right? Yep. It's not what it means. What it means is out of the coverage area, Boston, 30% of Boston will see rain. 70% of Boston won't see any rain. Oh. And they hedge their bets. Oh, you weren't in the thing. So they don't really know what the hell's going on. And it's all bullshit. <laughs> you <And> people <laughs> don't know what the hell you're doing. <laughs> But I was blown away by that. That's 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 misleading. It's not a thirty percent chance of rain. Well, yes, I want I want They've been lying to us forever. I want pinpoint accuracy on my two Edwards Road location. I just gave out my address. Uh, <laughs> they don't know what town. <laughs> it's hard to figure out. Uh, uh, not, yeah. <laughs> Listen to a couple <laughs> podcasts, they absolutely know. That's no town I live. Um so yeah, and I, I hopefully, uh, maybe we have groupies. Who knows? Maybe we got some stalkers. I'll take a stalker. It's fine. <laughs> Stalk away. <laughs> Good luck. We, we don't. Um, no, I want pinpoint accuracy to know where if I'm, it's going to rain in my house. I don't care about the but general they don't area. They don't, yeah. know, they don't know nothing. They no, know they nothing. nothing. They so 100% nothing. chance means everyone's going to see something. Something. It could be a drop. could be a foot of rain. Who knows? <laughs> they don't know shit. But, uh, where, did you, like, where did you read this? they lying to me. Where did you read this fact? I heard it on where a podcast. You? Oh, I don't know. Podcast. One of the guys, dad was a um, a meteorologist. Said, "Yeah, it's true." Interesting. I love weather. I, I'm a big weather guy. I like weather. Like weather league, space. I, yeah, minor league uh, baseball makes you like look at radar and then constantly. So all you like look at it. So you kind of have an idea of what you're looking at when you see your radar. I've tried forever to get a, a weather partnership because like baseball and weather just go together. Like like it's such an integral part of our sport. Yeah. Right. No one to bite. Um, the only one that I ever did was uh, with a local news station, and like the, you know, if it was Channel Five in the fifth inning, yeah, they would record the news and pr- promote the weather. And, yeah, the weather and report. The, and they would have the tonight's weather at where did I do the Scranton PNC Field is, you know, sunny in seventy. If it was in Scranton, it would have been you know, twenty eight degrees and cloudy and crappy. So I have a payoff from our discussion around some of the worst advice. Oh, yes, that's right. So Adam, who I spoke with and had gotten quite you frankly. Do talk about uh, what the worst advice ever was? That's what I'm going to say. Oh, yeah. So who we talked to and had received some of the worst advice we've ever heard on maybe ever this podcast and in, in this industry was to just, quote, unquote, get his foot in the door on the business side and then work his way as to become an assistant coach <laughs> on the basketball side of which yeah be like hey i'm here to sell tickets to the players <laughs> like what the what are you doing in, here? in what world or who has ever done that is 0.0 oh, coaches in stupidest um, thing i've ever heard so anyway uh we we being uh advice givers yep. provided him with said advice and gave him more of a hopefully a direct path to his dream of becoming an assistant coach in in basketball and I got a text the other day of, hold on, bear with me, technology. Uh, secured the student manager position for, with the women's team. Could not be happier. Thanks for the inside advice. Teaching myself Adobe Photoshop and helping with recruitment graphics. All the best. There my, you go. My response was, fuck yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. That's fantastic. Right. Yeah. Good advice. <laughs> Bad advice. <laughs> So, so you're telling me it's better to be a student manager on a basketball team working on <laughs> recruitment than selling tickets? To become an assistant coach? To yes. become an assistant coach? Yes. Yes, I would tell you that. Just like I would tell wow. you being an assistant coach wouldn't help you be a corporate a salesperson. A ticket salesperson. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Holy cow. Oh, just get your foot in the door, meet some people, you'll work your way right to the bench. It's no problem. It's exactly how you draw it up. You'll be GM in no time. All right, here's a what was the uh, Will Ferrell movie with the Flint Tropics? Uh the tro- uh, uh, Tropic Thunder? Tro- tro- no, that's no, that's the uh, no, no. Um no. 
Tropic Thunder is the one with Ben Stiller where they make the fake movie and Robert Downey Jr. wears blackface and somehow gets away with it and wins an Oscar, which doesn't make... I don't know, that movie could not be made today. There's no way that movie could be made. All right. Then what was it called? Um, it called The Tropics. Uh, yeah, uh, no. Semi-Pro. Semi-Pro. Semi-Pro, yes. Feels like they, the whoever gave him that advice, like, watched Semi-Pro. And it was like, no, like, the players, they sell tickets. That's how they do it, right? He could be a coach. If Will Ferrell can do it, you can do it. Go ahead. Sign yourself up. Yeah, no. I wish I could be a better movie quote guy because I remember watching that one and laughed. And uh, uh, and it was like, I'm going to fight a bear. <laughs> On fire. Yeah, right. Very minor league is that movie, Semi-Pro. But, um, it's probably why I liked it. It was hilarious. What's his face from um, Outcast, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, Andre I, 3000. Andre, Andre 3000. Yeah. yeah. Well. well, along those lines, as you and I diligently prepare each week before we come on this podcast. Diligently. No, I mean, oh, like, I we well. every day we write homework. We do a lot of research and, and, and back and forth banter. Yeah. You they sent know, me. They, 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 they know that we're lying to them. No, the, no the, but the homework that you did do okay. is phenomenal because the Instagram that you shared with me was <laughs> <laughs> amazing from a mayoral race candidate in yeah, Stanford, so, right. Connecticut. So um, Bobby Valentine, longtime Mets manager and uh, Red Sox manager for a year. Yeah, my buddy said this not to a me. Good, not a good year. <laughs> One of the worst years ever. Uh, I, my response was, I, you can easily said, no wonder why Pedroia hated him. <laughs> so anyway, Bobby Valentine, uh, left major league baseball managerial jobs. I think took a job as an athletic director and all kinds of crazy crap. And now is running for, uh, mayor in Stamford, Connecticut. And today, uh, November 2nd, though this will come out November 3rd is, uh, election day. So Bobby Valentine, not only, um, not only is running for mayor and has great uh, content here, uh, has a hip hop song as part of his thing, and we're gonna play some of it. This video is insane. Row F is like the row that you hit on, that you like fill the circle in. I gotta look and see if he won. <laughs> He's the best man more than probably? Is that one of the great lines? Of more than probably. <laughs> no, so we're gonna share this on our Instagram because we have to. Um, but I saw that and I could not stop laughing. I mean, I, I laughed out. I laughed out loud. Like who does that? You're like, all right, uh, up and coming hip hop artist. I've got a song for you to write. Bobby yeah. Valentine. Yeah. How much do you think he paid for that? How much do you think he paid for that? $37. <laughs> right. Right. There's some YouTube creator guys <laughs> that are just like trying to get their start and they're like, you know, waiting around on a Wednesday and Bobby Valentine calls and says, you know what? I need a hip hop mayoral uh, video. And this is in you're my guys. This is it. This is what we're going to do. I was the manager of the Mets in the world series. And I now make this. He's already in hot water in this race, which is not shocking. He, he, he he, he, was talking, he was speaking pretty condescendingly to his opponent, of, who's, a, who's a woman. There's no chance of a 35-year-old girl who grew up in a private oh, setting good. going to a private school in Greenwich, Connecticut, could possibly relate to the diverse culture of Stanford, Connecticut, better than I do, no matter what. So Bobby Valentine is yeah, slumming Bobby. it up. He's a multimillionaire, Bob. max major league baseball manager. He's got a bus. He has a bus. He has a Stanford. I didn't know the results. The, the race is today, right? I don't know, but this is amazing. And by the way, it's in row F, if you're wondering. If you were in Stanford uh, and you didn't vote for Bobby Valentine, <laughs> this is one of the great pieces of content in, I think, Instagram's history. He also, you, you do know the, the claim to fame beyond him being a baseball coach, right? 
Uh, no. Do you he know? Might be a mayor. Well, that that might be just part of his resume. He claims to have invented the wrap, not the wrap we just heard. The wrap, like a sandwich. Oh, hold on. What? Yes, yes. <laughs> like, you know, like this food? is a Bobby Valentine fun fact. I gotta look it up. I know, I know, he, <laughs> I know he claims this. He claims that, like, if I could go and I would get, you know, a chicken Caesar wrap. He's telling me that. The vessel that it comes in, the tortilla or the... 2012. Who invented the rap? Bobby Valentine. W-R-A-P. Yes. So, like, if I wanted a buffalo chicken wrap, I have so to... So, he invented it He invented it in 1982. In 1982. How did he invent it, does it say? It says, one of his regulars happened to also be a banker who loaned him money for the eater, and he was always ordered the turkey club, but it was one fateful day that the... Eatery's toaster had broken, and the banker ordered the same club oh, sandwich. Fateful. Everything changed. Hold on, who wrote that? One fateful day. <laughs> I mean, is he writing a, a dramatic novel? He said, "I was cooking, and I looked over the tortillas that were sitting there." Oh I my god, one. this sounds ridiculous. <laughs> this, this sounds ridiculous. One day, I was sitting over the toaster, and I went, "Oh, <laughs> the drama." What are you talking? One fateful day. So I grabbed one, put all the ingredients of a club sandwich into the tortilla. I rolled it up and melted a little cheese on top to keep the tortilla from opening up. And I said, tell him we don't have club sandwiches, to, but, but today this is a club mex. And he invented. He says from that day forward, people loved it so much, he invented the wrap. <laughs> <laughs> he sounds... Uh, there's, there's gotta, I think there's a Seinfeld episode about them like reading these novels. <laughs> uh, and this sounds like Bobby Valentine wrote one. About um, a rap that uh, is not his. It's one just, fateful Wednesday in Connecticut. I mean, the I toaster just, broke. I had to come up with a solution. So I saw the tortillas sitting there in the corner, <laughs> and I said, "Self, what if I put all the stuff in there, and, and then it's gonna open? So how am I not gonna? I'm gonna melt a little cheese. It's like glue." <laughs> <laughs> this isn't true. This is not real. Of course, this isn't real. One fateful day. Are you kidding me? You're right. This is a Seinfeld. We're literally playing out a Seinfeld episode <laughs> yes, right now. Right, <laughs> right. We just played out. George. Oh, George God. is saying he invented the rap essentially, <laughs> and I grabbed that tortilla and I stuffed it full of meat. It's and like, I. It's like the whale. He's like, yeah. And I, I reached my hand in the belly of the beast, <laughs> mammal. <laughs> yeah. Fish. <laughs> oh my goodness! Oh, and I grabbed. Is, is that, that a, 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 a Titleist? <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. oh, oh boy! Oh great, boy! Great, great TV yeah, show. Yeah. So yes, fun we facts. Just, we could absolutely just pitch that as an idea for an episode, and that would be an absolute. Abs- Absolutely. I, I've actually watched now the first three seasons since it's back on Netflix. Since it's on Netflix, I've just fired that up some days when I'm working and just throw it back. It's such. It's the show is was ahead of its time. It just was like unbelievable. It couldn't be made today because oh, it's no. like I, I would love to watch like the 1989 ones. Oh, there some of them, like the first season was a little like Kramer was a little rough because he was still a little too weird. Like he did, they didn't make him. He didn't like. But season two, it just takes off like a rock. It's like it's just George, all of them. I think this is not an understatement or an overstatement. Not an overstatement. Julia Louis Dreyfus is the greatest female comedic actress of all time. It was she was awesome. She's been in great in. She's been in so much stuff that's been like like I, you probably didn't watch this because I know you know, this is when you stop watching TV at this point. Veep was unbelievable. Yeah. Um. There was another show she was on that was she's just great. Like she's awesome. You see those uh, comedians in cars getting coffee with. Sign of course, yeah, yeah, yep. And uh, she did a good one too, on on the comedians in cars. She's fantastic. Yeah, the show Seinfeld. We could do a we should do a Seinfeld podcast rewatch. You and I. <laughs> we'll I, I would. I would. I would. I would. I would uh, I've got more time now. I would. I would. You I do would have a lot more. To... You do have a lot more time now. So, time um, enough to go out with me and my wife and your wife on Saturday mm-hmm. night in the Double North day. End. Double date and uh, Top this golf. week is not <clears throat> this this week is not the week to do that. Uh, I am at Fenway Park uh, today, tomorrow, Thursday. We're going a little bit on Saturday. Uh, Top golf at Fenway Park. Did you um, did you get that suite opened up while I'm thinking about it for no, meetings? No, well, we should talk about that after. Got it. Um, 
but yeah, so Top Golf at Fenway. I'll take some video. We'll post it on our Instagram uh, and, and take a look at it. But I'm anxious to, to see it up and running. Uh, they were finished building it today, and I saw it. It was cool. It was like, I'm gonna yank one over the monster. Like uh, a- they put a big uh, net up. Oh yeah, I can do that. That's a challenge. Challenge accepted. And you can't bring your own clubs. All right, because you guys deaden the balls, right? It's they're dead, like so you can't. That, hit them as like they only give you like a sand wedge and a pitching wedge and a nine iron. Oh, it's my go-to. <laughs> yeah, not, right. so, not at all. Mine's my worst uh, clubs in the back. <laughs> uh, hey, we want a golf tournament. Hey, here's the beauty. I work at Fenway. We'll just we'll just walk in a driver. Just yeah, we'll just bring hit one, one to the moon. <laughs> yeah, um, right. yeah, no, that'll be fun Saturday night. Till Saturday night, shindig in the North End, up to Top Golf Fenway. So yeah, should be good. Um, all right, so to business. All right, it only took us however long to get to uh, twenty-one minutes. 21 minutes to get to uh, to business. So one of the things that you and I were starting to uh, talk about was <clears throat> the job market. And I've, we've posted some of this on our Instagram stories recently. By the way, when you share something on LinkedIn, it stinks. Like it doesn't get anything. If you hit share, it's basically like why. It's the worst algorithm it. for sharing anything. Oh, anyway, so I took some screenshots of what I found on LinkedIn and put them on our Instagram stories. That get, They do much better there. And uh, the job market right now in the sports world. On fire. When we did this, you know, a year ago, we were like, it was the opposite of that. You know, people losing their jobs every day. Uh, But they're on fire. So we figured today would be a good day to talk about what do you do, like, during this time? What should you do during interviews? What are you kind of walking through? Kind of some good uh, points to talk about as you are in your uh, job interview. And this could go for anybody. Like, you're just kind of getting started or, like, there's a ton of people, a ton of people that are moving on, right? Like, they're, like, time to go do something else. You know, look at yours truly. So this goes for, like, a good amount of folks. Uh, I've had a couple recent younger folk networking calls. And, yeah, I think this is definitely the time to have this conversation and we've done this kind of topic but it's it's never 200 episodes into this no i don't i don't think you can talk about it i don't think you talk about it enough because it really is what separates the good from the great in an interview and what gets you out of that proverbial pile that's that just like oh they're fine versus like i have to hire this person and i i haven't had a i haven't had a great information interview in a while of anybody that's come to that kind of like fruition because it's all been that generic high level want to feel it out see what i like blah 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 type stuff versus concrete conviction storytelling what i like what i don't like this is why you should hire me for that role type interview and again your true point it doesn't matter if it's entry level or or later in life like you you have to come like fully armed and loaded to separate yourself from the proverbial pack because there's so many people who are out there looking for roles to your, to your whether it be a career change, etc. You have to stop out the competition, and the only way to do that is not through a resume or whatever. It's coming and being fully prepared to tell your story in a compelling way that people are interested to hear more about storytelling i think is the key one of the first questions you'll get in an interview is like why are you applying for this job right why are we talking today what's your story i remember that vividly when i was interviewing for this top golf job they're like well you're they gave me a fancy title in uh worcester you just opened a ballpark like why the hell are you here if i would have failed that first question test it would have been game over after that right like you didn't why are you here You've got to be able to answer that. And for me, it was a story about a new challenge. It was a story about family. It was uh, a story about next steps. And they could uh, relate to that. And I think you've got to be honest with yourself. It's like when someone asks me that question, what do I, what do I say? And you just can't be like, well, I'm just trying to get my foot in the door and you know, start, a, start a career. No, like that's not going to be good enough. You could say that. Uh, but you've got to understand where they're coming from. They're not looking for someone to 
I don't know, teach them, walk, they'll teach you, but like, they want someone with some conviction, right? They, the job market's hot right now. Uh, there's plenty of people interviewing and it just is, you've got to be ready to rock and tell a detailed story about what makes you the best candidate. And I think you've got to do it with energy, um, you know, with positivity. You know, if you kind of have the laid back in the chair kind of thing, you know, I heard some great advice on somebody. Um, you were trying to give some advice is like, you know, they need to pick up the energy. Best at, one of the best advice I heard, stand up. Yep. Stand up. Like when you're having your Zoom call, set up boxes or something so that your laptop's up top, stand up. You'll be able to walk, talk with your hands. You'll be able to move back and forth. You just have more energy if you're standing up. That's Isn't not that even good a question. Advice? It is good advice because I, I mean, I, I, when I, now that I'm back to doing more phone calls than just Zooms, I definitely walk around while I'm on the phone. Right? Oh, I just, walk around constantly. I don't, I don't, I can't sit there on a phone call. I, I walk around and look, we, we've, we've beaten this to death in this sense is like when you're applying for what you're now deeming your dream job because you now have the ability to do so because you've graduated or you've moved up in your career and you've done three years of purgatory, whatever else you were doing. Why would you not go all in to get that role with the energy, the passion, the answers, the extra work, the leave behind documents, whatever it takes to separate yourself again? Like, don't half-ass it now that you've gotten to this point. That does. That's like what's what, all that hard work and sacrifice and money and time and effort and internships. <clears throat> now is the time you lay it on the line, right? Like you yeah, gotta right. bring it. Like go for it and. We and we've talked about him, Mike, Mike Scott. I'm talking to and catching. He's like, guys, slinging attorney stuff in Washington with the Nationals, like he's been doing it for 20 years. And he's like, but he earned that way in because he did everything in his power to make that happen. Versus being like, I'm an attorney. I want to work in sports. Would love a job. Um, and here's my resume. So I think one of the things beside you know, you, I think there's a handful of checkpoints, right? And correct me if I miss one. One, energy. I think you've got to be walk away and be like, wow, that person was fired up to do this, right? Like it's sports, right? Like it's sports. We we sell fun, living entertainment. If sports, you're like sports, 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 blah 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 blah, you're like, oh, you're this be is an insurance agent. I you can go be the CFO of our company. That's fine. You can go be the CFO, <laughs> but you're not going to be in marketing, promotions, sales, etc. But even if you're in, uh, no one wants to work with a downer. Right? No, but we know the CFOs are all downers. They're they're just downers. <laughs> yeah. um, so I think one energy, right? You've got to be energetic. And then if you're coming from an old job, nobody wants to hear how shitty it was, right? You want to talk about take the positive things that you learned from your last role, whether you're with them or not. No one wants to hear how bad the work culture was or how bad your boss was or anything like that. They want to hear about what you can bring to them. They don't care about how crappy your old job was. You know what else that does? If you are that, you just set the tone that you're just a generally negative person. Right. And then let me tell you, at the next job, things are going to get crappy. Then you're, are you going to be that person who's the uh, cancer in that organization? No, I'm not talking to that person. That's Johnny Negative over there. Um, so I think you've got to bring energy. You've got to bring positivity. So even if your last job was crappy, don't talk about the crappy parts. Talk about what you learned and what you're trying to expand upon, uh, upon as you move, move forward. Right. Um, <clears throat> second, uh, I don't even know if this is second, but, uh, research, research, research. Who are you talking to? where did they go to college? What did they do? And have prepared questions based on the research. Uh, did they do a podcast where they uh, interviewed somewhere? Know everything about that person oh, uh, that you're interviewing. God. You... Speaking of, you just drove. You just made me think of that. I I got asked a question recently. Your dreaded question. So how did you get? To, how did you get to FSM? Oh, Jesus Christ! <laughs> I have a I LinkedIn. Any of that kind of stuff. It's like. How I was I like, I was I, like, what do you? How did wait, I get I, to FSM today? Today I drove a car <laughs> and I parked it on Lansdowne Street yep. and then I walked to the office. I may have stopped at Starbucks. I got a coffee. But I, I was like, what? What? I, all I'm going to say is, this is where I started. These are the other jobs I had in between. This is where I am now. 
Is that going to tell you so anything? I, I, you know what else I don't like? That we're kind of getting sidetracked here, but I don't care. When they say, oh, no, that this sounds is part of the great. This is, like, this is part of the process. Oh, that sounds great. Then when, they, when you tell them that, and it was like, and I, you know, I went from Battle Creek to Omaha to Scranton to Pawtucket. Oh, that sounds awesome. I didn't tell you anything. No, I didn't tell I you I just nothing. listed something. I was an Excel spreadsheet. You know what else I get a lot is, and I don't think this is true about me, when I say, like, my roles and what I did, I don't think they're quite listening because I'm like, if, if right, I give this. They're checking a box. Checking so, no, if you ask this question to me, I'd say, all right, I started with the New York Giants. I then went and worked for the New Jersey Devils for nine years in a multitude of roles. I then came to Fenway working for Nesson for the first time under Fenway Sports Group. I went to DraftKings, and then I came back to Fenway. And unequivocally, everyone's like, oh, you, you, you seem to have bounced around a lot. And I was like, I've worked for the Giants, the Devils, Fenway, and DraftKings. I've worked for four companies in 20 years, but I had a multitude of roles within the Devils and Fenway. So, like, I don't feel like I've bounced around a lot. But they always say that, too. I'm like, no, I, really, I worked for the Giants for one year. And then I like, worked yeah. for the Devils for nine. And I've worked for Fenway for nine now and DraftKings for... So anyway, because I'm not to that point. Not listening. They're not that question doesn't tell you anything. It just tells you where I lived five different times because I moved within my own organization, you right? You're, you already gave him your address tonight. I did give you my address. Um, um so I think <clears throat> send gifts if you'd like. I'll take gifts if you want to have. You have now you have my address. Send gifts. I'm always uh, welcome. Dri Drizzly, right? This uh, Dolph's, That's fine. Presented Uber by Eats, whatever. Um, so preparation. Is obviously, and then the questions based on the person's history, I think is important, right? It personalizes the uh, interview um, <clears throat> process. Um, yeah, because if you ask me the question, why did you leave Nesson and go to DraftKings versus how did you get here today? That's a very different question. It's a very different question. And I now have to think about it and give you actually a legitimate answer versus I started here, I went there, I came there, I went there, and here. You, don't need to be, you knew nothing. Be the, be, be the list, right? I just read you my resume, you, what you could have found on LinkedIn. And if you had gone on my LinkedIn, you would have seen that I had a podcast and you could personalize it that way too and be like, oh, what is that Front Office Features podcast? If anyone asks me about Front Office Features, they automatically go to the top of the list. Of course. Yeah, they automatically. I was like, I love you. Of course. Um, and uh, um, and I think too is make sure that you have <clears throat> what I'll say two way questions. Use the time in your interview process, especially early on, understanding the role, right? And is this a role that you want to take? Interviews sometimes, most of the times, I feel like are one way, right? The company is interviewing you, and the company decides if you are a good fit. Yes. It's actually untrue. Both, it should be two way, right? Two ways, right? It's gotta be two ways. Because if you say like, uh, you know, this isn't a role that I like, that's good information, right? There'll be another job around, but you don't wanna get into something that's gonna suck. And you also have to interview the person that you're speaking with because they'll probably be your boss. And if you don't have a good feeling about your boss, you're not going to have a good outcome of that job. So I would encourage two-way, right? Two-way interview. Two-way interview. Understanding uh, what that is. And then when the time's right, I don't think it's the first interview. It might be the first interview. I'll get what's your opinion on this. Is uh, some sort of, you know, uh, leave-behind document, as in, like, this is what I did, um, and that's always nice to have. Um, you know, it's a, sometimes it has a, you know, there's a timing to that. So I just need to provide an update. Oh, boy. A, a live update on Bobby Valentine's mayoral race. Oh, good, yeah. The race in Stanford for mayor is super tight right now. Bobby Valentine won Carolina for Connecticut's home district. The woman he's running against, he won her home district, as well as District 19 in Northern Stanford, which has gone Democrat the past few cycles. We're waiting to see how she does in key downtown districts. 
Simmons only narrowly won several Dem districts, but is, this is by far from is big margin. Demo- uh, what is uh, Bobby V? Unaffiliated. Unaffiliated, okay. So it says this is far from the big margin her campaign was predicting earlier that she was going to run away with this. This is a tight race. It may come down to absentee ballots. Bobby Valentine with his hip-hop song could be the mayor of a city in the United States of America. <laughs> Catchy. The 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 Bobby. Bobby. That's how they're getting it. And I this message. I'm sure you did, Bobby. Um, oh. Swanson Homer. 5-0 Braves. As long as they don't blow it. Uh. Bobby V. He's the best man. Uh, he's the best man more than probably. Unbelievable. <laughs> Bobby V. His lyrics are, you know, Tupac X. I mean, the man invented a rap. Nas Nas wrote these lyrics. The man invented a rap. So. Not R A P. W. No, W R A P. I mean. All right. So where were we? Leave Behinds. Leave Behinds. Your thoughts on a Leave Behind? On when it should be? Um, I always think that's, uh, to me, it seems like a different, it seems like a, uh, differentiator later on. You mean when in the process should you do it? Yeah. I I think it depends on level of job, the actual role and what the leave behind is. Right. So, uh, first job, second job, um, first job. Um, it depends on what the job is, right? So if you're, if if it was my first job, I'm coming in hot. If it's your first job and I'm you're applying out. for I'm than everybody else, the game game over. Yeah, no, I, I'm like if you're coming in and you're applying for a content creation role or something of that nature, and like you should come in with a portfolio of like your best work, like specifically, however you would. I mean, this is for the creative folks to figure out. However, you would put that together in a in in a very creative mm-hmm. manner, right? Like, and then if you're coming in for, I'm gonna say PDF. Yeah, I think they probably can do better than that. <laughs> it's just getting the creative people. I'm saying the layout or the format, whatever the hell that would look like. Yeah. If you're if you're coming in and like you're applying for a sales role, you should come up with some really intricate ways of wh- who you would target, what what would be your day to day like, like come up with a 30, 60 day, 90 plan of how you would attack this role. Like I get that. I'm like, holy crap! Like this person, even if it's like a little wrong, the fact that they put the time and effort into it, I'm impressed. Right. Like, that's the difference between being someone who says, I kind of want the job versus the person who's like, I'm going to take the job, right? Yeah. There's a big difference. Like, I, I want it versus I'm going to actually just take this job from you. I'm going to take it from you. And, uh, yeah, right. I, I, I agree. Um, I also love, and now that offices are opening a bit more, handwritten thank you notes. Oh, yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean that's that's a no. I mean, one thousand. It's not a no-brainer. It's no, not I a mean, no-brainer. It's a it's no-brainer. No-brainer. Um, I think it's a no-brainer to do it. Is what I'm saying more so than I think people do it all the time. To your point, it's a no-brainer right. to do it. Like you'd be silly not to. Right. I think you send the email first, and yep, then thanks. send and then send the mail. Right. I agree. Because the other thing I've noticed is sometimes. That mail might not get to that person's desk for a long, long time. You don't want to have it. You should cover your bases and do both. Is what I would say. Yeah, I agree. You, especially now, right? People are still working from home a lot. You don't know if they're. How many times have you been in the office not for a baseball game? One. Right. So, but if you got it, you'd still be impressed, and you'd still in, uh, be happy about it. Oh, but for I don't sure. Think- I've showed up. So I've showed up to that point. I've showed up when I have showed up. It's there's been mail there waiting for me from months ago. And I'm like, oh, that was nice. It's <laughs> nice surprise. Didn't get the job, but I'm so glad that you did it. <laughs> it was more from a, a former like people who used to work who write, wrote a thank you note for like helping them and stuff. But in, in general, still it was a nice. It was a, it was a thank you note, handwritten yeah, note. Right. <clears throat> I agree. It's nice. It's a nice thing to do. It's a very nice thing to do. It's a nice thing to do. So we recorded this tonight on a Tuesday. Um, yeah, Bobby Valentine could be the mayor of uh, tomorrow morning. American we wake up. City. 
he could be the mayor. But because you we had to push to tonight, I had to watch another death march essentially of my New York Giants last night. Yeah. Of just they just tease. They just tease. But I watched the Manning Cats for the first time this year. Like Isn't it on. great? It's fantastic. I would rather watch that than any other way. Like having just two guys talk about it, whether and the Mannings are entertaining. But just two guys like just BSing about it who are somewhat entertaining, way better than like breaking down uh Well like, I, I honestly I honestly didn't know there was three people in the booth. By the way, Steve Levy doing football is just weird to me. Like he's a hockey, hockey. guy. Yeah. I don't understand why he's doing Monday Night Football and his voice and his his knowledge of the game is clearly quite frankly inept. Like, like I listened to the regular broadcast for a little bit. I was like, this is legitimately terrible. I didn't know there was three people in the booth. I couldn't tell the difference between Lewis Riddick's and Brian Greasy's voice. I didn't have oh. no idea there was three people. So then I then they said, I was like, oh wait, there's three people in the booth. I thought it was just the same person talking as an analyst. But it was, it's the worst Monday Night Football booth I think I've ever heard. It's terrible. <laughs> no, it's got to be better than, uh, who was the guy last year? And uh, Jason Witten. Remember Jason Witten? He didn't, uh, he didn't want to be there. No, he was terrible. But, but I'm talking like Steve Levy from a play-by-play is terrible. Yeah, I watched the Manning. The, the, Manning, the Manning cast was unbelievable. Manning cast is great. Like Eli and Peyton just making fun of each other. It's great. That's oh, great. Last night they recorded Peyton scarfing food down at halftime when he thought the cameras was off. <laughs> he played it. <laughs> Eli's like, did you even breathe? Yeah, are you breathing? <laughs> um, but that's... He goes, Mom, meatloaf! <laughs> yeah, honestly, oh, great. it might be... Oh, geez. Um, Braves are just pouring it on. Six nothing. Uh, it might be... I wonder if it's detrimental... To like the regular broadcast, it's gotta be right. Like who? Someone probably... else is thinking like, we've got to do something like that. Yeah, like, just why would you not with two guys of that ilk and just knowledge what of the would game? You do on like your streaming service, right? So if you're NBC, Sunday Night Football has your Costas and uh, you know uh, whoever else is, uh, and Chris Collinsworth, right? Is that two? Al Sunday? Michaels, Michaels, Al Michaels, and uh, Collinsworth, and Collinsworth. Then on like Peacock, you go put two football players that you know played yeah. forever, and they just BS teammates forever, right? Um, and the ESPN was, signed the man what for three more? It was like three more years or something like that. It's they, awesome! Like it's just good. Eli's legitimately worked for the New York Giants. He's openly rooting for the Giants in the broadcast. He's like ah, yeah. and, and straight hands on, and it's like yeah, it's like just watching but guys watch football games. But this is goes back to like. The old guard of like broadcasters couldn't give their, uh, you know, their rooting interest, right? If they grew up watching the Yankees, they had to be just, you know, as stoic watching a Yankees game as they were watching, you know, a Miami Marlins game. But I think, you know, Barstool changed all that, right? They're actively rooting for things, and that's part of it, right? People. It's part of fandom. It's part of fandom, and it becomes relatable, and it's not like. You know, it almost feels like the good broadcast now. It used to be like teacher and student. The viewers were the student, right? And now it's just like we're in this together. The best ones are we're in this together. Like we're more just BSing and having an almost conversation, though you can't talk to anybody. But it feels way more authentic that way than um, than someone saying, well, now this power play with the pulling guard coming from the left to the right, uh, you know, and it's like, yeah, all right, X is an O, fine. But, like, I'm not – I think it takes a special football fan to be, like, entertained by that. And even anything like that, right? Well, Any it, sport, I think. It'll be interesting if it better. gets even down to, like, when they start doing betting casts too, right? That's coming. We just watch a whole telecast that's about betting and betting in game and the live odds on the screen and like props and all that stuff. That's definitely coming. Yeah, did you see? Uh, there was some some guy that bet. Uh, oh, Mike uh, White. Yeah, thousand dollars. Thousand dollars that he would have the highest amount of pass yards. I don't want to talk about that like, game. One hundred twenty-five thousand dollars. Stupid Bengals. I I took him in my survivor, like everyone else, pretty much in my survivor pool, and I was like, I didn't feel good about it because it's the Bengals, and sure as shit, they blow it against the Jets. The Jets, yeah, the Amy's backup. Team. Amy's team, J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. Oh, spe- oh, the other thing, did you see the Michael Irvin thing where 
he was using his phone uh, to do the the cast, and he texted the the NFL game day morning crew like, "Please stop texting me because it keeps popping up on my phone." And they just kept texting him, and they posted like Rich Eisen posted the, the group <laughs> chat on Twitter. <laughs> like, just, I did not see that. But that's it was pretty funny. And then they showed it in the Manning cast. They're like, "Oh, look what's happening on Michael Irvin's phone!" And like it was, and he started to crack. It was, it's so much better. It's so much more entertaining. Yeah, it's it's just more relatable. It's more it's more fun. And my boy Eli had an Eli face when Daniel Jones threw the first inter- the first play of the game was an interception. And Eli was sitting there like, like Eli was this traditional Eli face. Eli face. He's got to know that that's a thing, right? Oh, he's got it. Yeah, he definitely knows. He's on he's on Twitter. He's, he's he he crushes Twitter. He owns Twitter. He doesn't miss. He just fires just just straight fire on Twitter. That's great. Um, do we need to say anything else about interviews? Are we good? Yeah, just and also dress appropriately now that the world's back on, like on Zoom. Just appropriately. You wearing a tie? No, unless you know that organization is shirt. Is sh- uh, unless you know that organization is shirt and tie. No, I was always a big fan of a when I uh, button down and a sport coat. Yes, that's fine. Or even like a if you have if you know the organization's like, like extremely casual, then quarter zip. With a button down underneath, like dress, dress appropriate. Yeah. Don't I don't dress like with a hoodie or a t-shirt. No, no t-shirts because that's not that's not okay. Unless you know, like you're applying and they tell you, like you're gonna come work at DraftKings, you're, we're gonna wear flip flops and hoodies. Fine, like that's yeah. They might still, tell you. I that. always want to be the uh, the best dressed guy in the room, right? Except there, if anyone's applying to DraftKings, they tell you vehemently. Do not show up overdressed, or you'll automatically be done. No, well, as long as they tell you that, that's different. yep, yep. They just tell you you can dress fine, but just don't come above and beyond because you won't fit in there culturally. All right, last thing, last yep. thing, last thing. Yep, yep. Did you see the LeBron doppelganger? Yeah, in the crowd. Oh yep. my God! I mean, it's insane. Yeah, he's six eight and has the same like shoulder. He looks exactly like it. He yep. looks more like LeBron than LeBron looks like LeBron. He does. He does. If I was shocked, that, and I came that, up, I was like, "What?" The guy must be his stunt double for he's space. Unreal. Team. Yeah, and that is. picture's like perfect. It almost looks fake. If it someone's does. like, "Ah, got you," that was it, if that was his April first, I'd be like, ah, "April Fool's joke." That, Scroll the next. That thing. was LeBron James. As a fan watching LeBron James, it's play. like they superimposed LeBron James when he was like watching his kid play basketball or something into that picture, and then they're like, "Yeah, see." Did like, you? Oh, student basketball exactly the same. You see the uh, the '90s Bulls drama today? Uh, Scottie no. Pippen, Ke- Scottie Pippen wrote, wrote, wrote a book. Scottie Pippen wrote a book. <laughs> he did. Um, unguarded. Goes all in on MJ. Really? Yeah, wasn't happy about the last dance. I'll, I'll bring up the I'll bring up the quote. Yeah, it was it was interesting. Um, he said we we were never friends, but then I'm like, didn't didn't he introduce you for your Hall of Fame introduction? <laughs> so I, I I just um, he said so. What did he say about MJ here? Hold on. The only reason Michael Jordan did the last dance was he was determined to prove he was still larger than LeBron James. The, to, I'm not suggesting... Over the next few weeks, I spoke to a number of my former teammates who each felt disrespected as I did. How dare Michael treat us that way after everything we did for him and his precious brand? Michael Jordan would never have been Michael Jordan without me, Horace Grant, Tony Kukoc, John Paxson, Steve Kerr, Dennis Rodman, Bill Cartwright, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, I left out. I'm not suggesting Michael wouldn't have been a superstar wherever he ended up. He was spectacular. Just that he relied on, on the success we attained as a team. Six thousand eight years to propel him to a level of fame throughout the world no other athlete except for Muhammad Ali reached in modern times. This is where it sounds like he gets angry. To make things worse, Michael received $10 million for his role in the dock while my teammates and I didn't earn a dime. Another reminder of the pecking oh, order from geez, the old that days. That just sounds like someone complaining that he didn't get paid. Which, by the way, Scottie Pippen, while he was a very good basketball player in his own right, for sure, no one would know Sky Pippen's name without Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan is the greatest basketball player 
that has ever walked the face of the earth. And also, ain't nobody making a documentary on Scottie Pippen. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, and if they are, no, not the Villiers that The Last Dance got are watching. So, like, it's just weird. Like, come on. Hey, did you see, speaking of documentaries, did you see um, Meadowlark Media, John Skipper and Dan Levitard, uh, just got a deal with uh, Apple TV? On top of their DraftKings thing? Yeah, so they're going, they signed a three-year deal with Apple TV to produce unscripted content and documentaries. Interesting. Mr. Uh, Skipper. Skipper and Levitard. Levitard also is like him and Stugatz. Yeah. It's like their podcast is uh, right up there with front office features. Uh, but they're like uh, <laughs> number, like they're one of two sports podcasts in the top 20 of all podcasts. Was it P, uh, part of my take and the Simmons, Bill Simmons? I, I don't remember what the other one was. Bill Simmons is usually up there. Yeah. And just behind front office features. Barely, but yeah, you know. Um, all right. That's what I got for tonight. All righty. Well, I will see you on Saturday. I'll see you on Saturday. I'll let you know. Are you going to Fenway the next couple of days or no? Uh, I'm actually I might be there Thursday morning to say goodbye to our sales assistant who just got a job with the Atlanta Hawks. Oh, nice. Well, if you're uh, uh, there Thursday, I'll be up there all day Thursday. I'm st- I'll be there. St- staying I'll be there. In the hotel Wednesday and Thursday. Um, I will probably look at my calendar. Look at my calendar. Everyone's very excited about my calendar. Yeah. No uh, yeah. After my Peloton gets delivered, I'll head in the fence. Ah, there you go. Big Peloton day. Big Peloton day. Well, all right. Have fun pedaling away, and uh, we got Top Golf, all kinds of fun stuff. So uh, I'll see you later.